The Hump, episode 18, Open Belly. your show about how to get one over in this thing called life. This is the sultry voice of Brent Bowen. And Chad Beeland. And today we have a special guest host. I had one. Danielle Lee. Danielle Lehman's with us tonight. Hey, guys. Hey, Danielle's the uh, host and creator of the, depending on when you listen or watch this, the soon-to-be pregnant pause, or recently launched uh, Open Belly Podcast. She's also the founder and CEO of a little digital design agency in Kansas City called Boxer Mutt. Danielle has consulted with many culinary startups and CPG brands. Do you know what CPG stands for? Wasn't that a... One of the droids in one of the new Star Wars movies? CPG? It might yeah. have been. Okay, CPG. Educate my man over here. CPG. Consumer package. Guys. Oh, Consumer, that's... Yeah. Like, yeah. I get the two consumers. It sounds like something yeah. we would drink. Yeah. I was thinking maybe that. Consumer package, good. So she's been providing digital and mar- marketing and design services for uh, CPG brands for many years. She also once worked at MySpace. Really? I don't even what what what, what the hell I think was that was Facebook before Facebook. <laughs> it was for musicians. We're old enough that we should know about it. So. Yeah. Who I, I, who's in your top eight? I never was on MySpace. <laughs> I don't know, producer. You know what MySpace was? I've heard of it. You've heard of it? <laughs> and this is now the officially the longest introduction I've ever done. Yeah. But so we're gonna we're gonna talk to Danielle about her first attempt at a podcast, and on her website she says. This is her first attempt, so please be kind in her comment section. It's hard. You fucking try. Actually, she didn't use the F word I'm using it, but you try You try it, people. So, Danielle Lehman, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, yeah, it's great to have you as a, as a co-host. So, you're not drinking beer tonight, but that's okay. LaCroix is the number one, or sparkling water is the number one consumed product in this house. Beer is a close second. You're drinking bubbly. I'm drink. I've never had bubbly before, but I like it. All right. Maybe Which flavor did you pick? It's strawberry bubbly. Strawberry. Mm-hmm. I actually am kind of partial to the strawberry. I like it. What are we? What are we drinking tonight? Well, we're since not- we're talking about international uh, food and whatnot, I went north of the border for a little <laughs> Founders Canadian breakfast out. Does Canadian beer really count as like it's international a different country? Oh, jeez. This is liquid gold, though. This is liquid gold. I mean, this comes out once a year for like three weeks. Yeah. And I went a little overboard. I went crazy and bought like way too much of this. So it seemed like an appropriate time to break one out. Yeah, we did an entire recording where we just ran all around town to find that beer. <laughs> As a special release. So cheers. Good to see cheers. you. Yeah, cheers. Welcome to everyone. Thank you guys for having yeah. me. Yeah. So, so what are we toasting this week? We, we got some friends celebrating some birthdays, some uh, regular listeners or viewers, newbie, yeah, celebrating a birthday. Before we even get there, I'd like to just toast being back. Yeah. It's been, right. This break's been way too long. Yeah. 
Part of that's been health related, as you can hear. I, I understand, but I mean, I found myself just going into the bathroom and just talking out loud on Wednesday <laughs> nights about seven o'clock. It's like I had a lot to get out and I couldn't, you know, I had nowhere to deliver, you know. That sounded bad considering I just went into the bathroom. Bathroom, different, nowhere to deliver, yeah. different delivery yeah, help. It's good to be back. Yes, good. Yeah, I'll toast that. My man. Good to be back. Good toast podcasting, a little <laughs> recording and spending some time with friends, which yeah, we'll get into. Absolutely. You've got a good uh, cadre of friends I know you're spending some time with, so we'll get it. We'll get into that. So so we had some friends and family. So my uh, kid brother, sad to say, is almost 40. Almost. Your kid brother. Kid brother. Mm-mm. Wow. He's starting to date me. We're getting old, but. We even, are old. Yeah. it's uh, He's 39. He was 39 yesterday. Oh, so you have a year. A year. I gave him a non-old card, but I said, next year, you're getting a, an old person's card. Really big font? Yeah. Really big font. Right. This year, he got a dog card. Hmm. But that was it. So Something to look forward to. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Want to, uh, let's toast the Chiefs. Even yes. though I'm Even though I'm boycotting. Heartbreak. Yeah. I don't know if you're a football fan. I hate football. You hate football? But carry on. But carry Your on. husband okay. likes him though, right? He's from LA and he's a a Raiders fan. Oh, God. Oh, wow. But he's in. He's really confused right now. Yeah. He's in, (laughs) I think, three different fantasy leagues. And so we just, football is just on nonstop, Mm. you know. And so I celebrate the Super Bowl because it's finally over. And I get my life back. I get that. Okay. So you'll you'll like our topic here in a minute because, yeah. But an LA, well. L.A. Raiders fan who moved to Oakland that's going to be in Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. but they don't know where they're going to be next year. Like, you're all jacked up if you're a Raiders fan for more reasons than just being a Raiders fan. Just being a, yeah, it comes comes with the territory as you're jacked up if you're a Raiders fan. You can't plant too many roots if you're a diehard Raiders fan. No. They went from Oakland to L.A. to Oakland, now to Vegas. Who knows where they're going to be? Yeah. I heard they might play in London next year. Really? Well, they ain't got nowhere to play. That'd be interesting. Oakland said, get the hell out. Yeah. Their stadium's not ready in Vegas. There's nowhere to play in Vegas. They have no options. No. Limited. Well, they have a lot of options, options. but none are in Oakland or LA or Vegas. So is your husband rooting for the Rams being an LA native or like the rest of LA, they could give a shit? I don't think he could give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's this year, just like many, it's not that anybody's rooting for the Rams. They're just rooting against the Patriots. Yes. Yes. I can agree. I can, I'm down with that. The entire country outside of New England's hatred is all, you know, bottled up and yes, going, going one way. Are you sports fan at all? I enjoy baseball. Okay. So my entire family are, are Dodgers fans, actually. Okay. Um, I lived in L.A. for 13 years, and we were never really royal. So I grew up in Hutchinson, Kansas. We were never really Royals fans growing mm. up. My dad wasn't really into sports. And then when I moved to L.A., kind of became a Dodgers fan. Ethan, my husband, his family is originally from New York, so they were Brooklyn Dodger fans. Oh, wow, my, going way back. Yeah, so we've kind of become a Dodger family. A Dodger household. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was rooting for the Dodgers last World Series. And I did, I, I was joking with you via email, I didn't get to talk to him, but I ended up producing a show yesterday with Joel, uh, Joel Goldberg, uh-huh. who's one of the voice, he's one of the uh, sideline reporters for the Royals. So we were talking a little baseball yesterday. So, good guy. Yeah, really good, really good guy. A lot of cool, a lot of cool stuff. So, well, we, we want to toast, we're, we're missing a Sporting KC. Chad's a huge Sporting KC aficionado. Mm-hmm. And we just, we lost one of our own yesterday to trade uh, 
Minneapolis. Yeah. I wonder if he deferred his trip and waited for the negative 53 degrees. Yeah, he probably looked at the forecast and he's like, you know, I'll, I'll sign it in a couple weeks. Yeah. I packed my bags, but I'm not hitting the plane just yet. Moving so. to Minneapolis would be rough. Well, Ike, year. we're going to miss you. We'll miss you, Ike. So we're going to miss we Ike, Ike Opara. Cheers. My Cheers. man. Cheers. We'll keep you from keep One from drinking. quick last sports, and then we won't have to talk about sports anymore. I would like to toast my Kansas State Wildcats, oh, who are looking a half a game down oh. on the KU Jayhawks. And the only reason I'm going to celebrate that is I'm saying, sounding like the coach at this point. I, I have no <laughs> illusions that this is going to last, but uh, at least for one day at the end of January, the Cats were ahead of KU. Oh, man. Let's all, I'm not let's all enjoy I'm not this one I'm going to savor the beer, but I'm not toasting that. Mm. He's a K-State Wildcat. I'm a Jayhawk. That makes so. it taste better, I think. Oh. So what have you been up to? Uh, not much. I mean, I saw that you. Well, had... other than going to the bathroom and delivering, yeah, like monologues in the bathroom. What what else have you been up? Well, to? I was heartbroken because I saw that you have on here. Uh, what have we been up to? And you mentioned Restaurant Week, and I missed all of Restaurant Week. How? Did not go to one place. Really? And you were talking it up. I was so excited, like, and yeah, I I missed it too. But I had an excuse. I was in Florida. I was sick. Oh, you were sick. Both Di and I were sick oh. for most of it. Like, you know, I was trying to avoid the first weekend because everybody, they say everyone snaps the first weekend. So I was like, we'll catch it on the back end. And we got sick and then just missed it. What about you? Did you go? I didn't. I accidentally ended up at Red Door for lunch during restaurant week. I didn't even realize they were participating. Yeah. But other than other that. Other than a stumble in, you yes, didn't. Yeah. No. That was, you missed it. Yeah. <sighs> yep. Yeah, and I, I know people have mixed feelings about kind of restaurant week on the whole, but I didn't even get a chance to check out the... How I could you be anti-restaurant week? Just well, curious. I mean, I don't know. Some some folks are, I don't know. They just don't like the limit, like some of the limited menu. And I've just heard, i just heard not Some people just want to watch the world burn. They're like, why can't you go to these restaurants? Yeah, my brother-in-law likes to see the world burn. It's a but, fucking... 10-day special. Like, I, go the week before or after if you don't I, like and, restaurant and week. You know me. I'm all about causes. Like, a percentage of the proceeds go to exactly. charity. So, I'm like, how can you spit on it? But some people, just too crowded. Why don't you just go through the rest of the year? It's Kansas and, City, man. Yeah, I know. It's not New York. Move on. Well, anything else? Is uh, E going to uh, Sweetheart Dance this weekend? She had a date and then broke up with him. And then asked another dude, and then that fell through for whatever reason. So now I think it's just going to be a bunch of ladies just... Okay, she's going, but... I know, she's not going. But I think it's like we're going to get together and go out and dress up and go to dinner, and then we're just going to not do anything after that. She's shopping for a new dress? No, you don't need a new dress. Just if you're not going, like... All right. Well, one of one of Grant's girlfriend's friends said, "This is said, I'm going. I'm going dress shopping." And I'm like, "You guys are just going to dinner." I'm like, "Why she need a new dress?" And she goes, "She didn't have her." His girlfriend said she doesn't have one that's tight enough. She needs another <laughs> a right. tighter dress. I'm like, "Whoa, hey!" That ain't how we roll our <laughs> So I like sleeves. Yeah. I like high collars. Like, oh, yeah. All right. So no sweet, just activities around sweetheart yeah. dance. Yeah. Okay. The anti-sweetheart yeah. dance. So, and you have a child, but younger. Yeah, he's two. So, two. So, all no this is way, dancing. no, this is all ahead, of, all ahead of you. Yeah. All ahead of you. 
Well, the other thing I want to mention that I've been up to is um, just to let you know, my favorite charity on All About Cause is KCYA, Kansas City Young Audiences. They're doing, and I'll put it in the show notes, folks, is they're doing, it ends in uh, March, they're doing a uh, $25 raffle for a year for two to AMC donated to us movies for a year giveaway. So it's like $600 value. Cool. So we're donating it for 25 years. So I've been helping them promote that. Nice. So, and I'll promote it right here. Shameless promotion. A lot of good movies coming out too. Yep. Yep. A lot of good movies. And that's where I'm going to be on Sunday. We're in transition because I'm not watching the Super Bowl. I'm participating in boycott bowl. You do hold a grudge. Uh, the Saints got screwed, man. Saints foot NFL footballs turned into the WWE. It's all scripted. Danielle doesn't care. She does boycott bowl all the time. She's excited for the Super Bowl. Because no, it's, it's over. It's a celebration of the end. Yes. Yeah. And dips. Oh. What are you doing on Sunday that? You say and dips. dips. And dips. I love dips. dips. Who doesn't love dip? Well, that dip. that the, now you've made an argument for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'll boycott the Super Bowl, but I'll just have a dip party. You guys can come. I love it. Okay. I love it. Cheers. We're on. I actually, on Twitter this week, Sam Ellinger, you know him? He's yeah. a sports writer for Kansas City Star. <laughs> he got involved in this Twitter battle. They were talking about Rotel. And mm-hmm. is hamburger meat in it good? or or? Um, You're talking about with Velveeta? Yes. Yeah. Like the whole, you know, do you add meats to queso or whatever? And these guys kept debating which one. And he's finally like, whoa, whoa. There's no debate here. It doesn't need meat. Like, queso is the star. Let it let it lie. Yep. So, Rotel, the company that Rotel, they uh, gave him a shout out today. And they're basically like, well done. We're proud of you. <laughs> and he retweeted saying, Mom, I've officially made it. I've arrived when Rotel. Rotel. Was, it's kind of like your theory on hamburgers. Like how you can overdo a hamburger yeah, with stuff. Know, it doesn't need all that shit on it. Just cheddar cheese. Make a good and, burger. Like, yeah. Keep it simple. Occasionally, I might want bacon, but that's just like there's always room for bacon. Yeah. So Sunday, so Sunday, what are you really doing if you're not? You're already boycotting the bowl. Are you really having a dip party? Um, well, we invited our neighbors over, but they're gonna let us know. <laughs> <laughs> they're not sure. So we'll probably do nothing. <laughs> okay. Maybe okay. give them the dips you want to make. Maybe that's you know, true. A if strong, I had a dip menu, they a might be dip. persuaded. All right, we're coming now. They, they'll lean on the side of we're <laughs> we're coming over. Well, the, the other thing we're looking forward to this week is the arrival of your podcast and yes. your show. Yes. So the the Open Belly podcast. Let's let's toast that one more time here. We it's exciting. Proud of it. Yeah, it is Thank exciting. You guys. I only heard part of the conversation upstairs and I was irritated. I was dealing with technical difficulties. It's fascinating stuff. Yeah. So tell us about tell our audience a little bit about the Open Belly podcast. Yeah. So I kind of got the idea for it last summer. So it's going to get heavy for a second, but I promise you, not heavy for the <laughs> we'll whole bring, time. We'll, we'll, we will bring you down. We'll bring it down. <laughs> back to the gutter. Like, I'm never inviting her over again. She's a downer. Yeah, so last June, I believe it was June when Anthony Bourdain passed away. Yeah. And I just really respected his work. And then, yeah. And then in July, there was a food critic in L.A. that I loved. His name was Jonathan Gold, and he passed away of pancreatic cancer. And so it was kind of like a brutal loss to the the food community back to back. And a lot of people in Kansas City don't know a lot about Jonathan Gold, but he started his career in food writing by going down a street called Pico Boulevard. 
And it's not a particularly glamorous part of LA, but he just went from restaurant to restaurant to restaurant and just wrote about these kind of mom and pop hole in the wall spots and really put a lot of them on the map. Mm -hmm. And he kind of became the voice of LA food where it was not so much about where can you get the, the next 12 course tasting dinner, but where can you yeah. find the best street tacos? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and not white linen stuff. We're talking yeah. salt of the earth, real, real food by real people. Yes. Yeah. And he really put a lot of places that would be considered, you know, ethnic food, quote unquote, on the map in L.A. And so he was kind of my guide around L.A. to, to the food scene. And I got to experience so many new types of cuisine when I lived there that I didn't have growing up in mm -hmm. Kansas. So when we moved to Kansas City three years ago, we spent a lot of time trying to find, you know, a really great, you know, taqueria, a, a traditional northern Thai restaurant. Where can we get some Ethiopian food? And I was actually really surprised that there is a lot of diversity in food here, but not a lot of people know about some of these places around town. So I remember the weekend after Jonathan Gold passed away, I was so bummed and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go out and find a new place in his honor. And I ended up at this place called Fanny's West African Cuisine on 41st and Troost. And it was a Saturday night and I had never had West African food. I didn't know what it was. I came in and I just started talking to the people behind the counter. They're just the sweetest couple. Got, got to know a little bit about the food and it was a great experience, but it was a Saturday night at like seven o'clock and the place was empty and they told me they were just really struggling to get people yeah. through the door. And how long ago was this? This was in July. Of this last year. Of this eight, last of year. 18. Okay. So you had some of the truce revitalization going on. Yeah, I mean, sure. Some of that has to do with truce. I of mean, course. but But yeah. you've got some of the revitalization going on at truce. Okay. So yes. it wasn't like when you got immediately got back no, in town. Okay. No, So this was my like sad weekend after Jonathan Gold died. <laughs> I got to go in his honor. Try in his honor. I'm finding, a, yeah. I'm finding a spot. So you know, my background's in marketing. And after I left, I just was like, man, what can I do to help them? Maybe there's a way I can help them, you know, do social media or build a website or something. And I just kind of kept that thought in the back of my mind. And over the next couple of months, I explored some other restaurants similar to theirs and had a similar experience where they were really struggling to get people through the door. And I thought, you know, maybe I should start a blog or an Instagram account or something to help people discover some of these restaurants that a lot of the food influencers or even food media aren't, you know, giving a lot of attention to. Right. But as I got to know the owners and the chefs better, I just felt like their stories were so incredible you really needed to have a conversation with them and that's why i decided to pursue a podcast okay. so i really started recording it in october i had to figure out how to do a podcast yeah. i had no idea <laughs> what i was doing i had to find 10 restaurants that'd be willing to give their time to to go on this journey with me and help me you know trust me with their story and so we have 10 episodes for season one that are that are more or less finished now. And we'll start releasing one a week starting next week. OK. Yeah. I was going to ask you how mm -hmm. it was structured. If it was like each episode's about around a it's around each one of these restaurants. Right. And the owners themselves. Yes. So okay. each interview, uh, each episode is an interview with one chef and a couple of the episodes. It might be two people from the restaurant, you know, yeah. uh, you know, a couple or a mother and daughter, that sort of thing. But each episode is about one particular restaurant and, you know, learning about their food, the experience of what it's like. I really wanted to be a trusted guide so that people could come in and say, I'm curious about trying Ethiopian food, but I don't really know how to eat it or what to order or how to pronounce the things yeah, on exactly. the menu. There's yeah. an intimidation factor yeah. there that you're helping to break down and make it more relatable. Yeah. So that education piece was a big part of it. 
but also just kind of inspiring people. You know, we have two photographers that work on the podcast and the photography on our Instagram account. I just hope people will see it and be like, man, that looks so good. I can't, what is that? I can't yeah. wait to try it. I mean, that's a big part of it. But the podcast, I really wanted it to be about food to start, but it really evolved into a lot more than just food. It's it's about people and stories and culture and our community. And all of the chefs that I interviewed have a really incredible story of, you know, their their childhood, how they end up in Kansas City, what parts of their culture they're trying to, to bring to Kansas City and introduce people to. So it's really been a cool experience. Well, and it has been cool. You and I had spoken even before we decided to do the show and you know, just seeing some of the food culture within Kansas City. If you go to Instagram, a lot of it, I, I equated it to watching children's soccer, <laughs> where you have the same, all the foodies and culinary kind of experts or influencers. It's all like kids chasing the ball, herd ball, yeah. you know, and there's no deviation. So to hear something that's, I don't want to call it counterculture, but it's, I mean, because you're inclusive of all these cultures and it's a great, I mean, it's a great story of America too. Just mm-hmm. when you and I talked, I was like, what a, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people love what they know. And like, there are tons of bar- great barbecue joints in this town. Like nobody's yeah. going to dispute yeah. that, but you're missing out on these other, this whole other segment that, you know, people just, they don't know anything about. So I'm just not going to check it out. It's- yeah. I love Thai food. I want, you know, I want couscous. I want to, you know, I love fried chicken with gravy over the top of it too, but you know, I like to have more of a diverse palette. And I think that's what exposing folks to that's absolutely phenomenal. So we saw that, and for the folks that are on video can see this. I just thought you were talking about your marketing background. And I thought it was cool that you were doing a bunch of mixed media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I grabbed this for the folks in the video. One of the things Danielle did was she, she took her whole lineup for season one and created a paper essentially menu for each of these restaurants and then so what are you what are you doing with these so you brought us a couple which is all i begged you on email a couple <laughs> times like damn it bring these and she didn't respond that she's bringing them so i responded to her again i'm like uh you're bringing these right because i just want <laughs> with one the prayer yeah. yeah with a little prayer emoji like please <laughs> please uh, may i have a menu please please miss may i have a menu yeah so yeah. what, are you, what are you doing with these? Yeah, so part of the mission behind the podcast is to bring the same level of attention to these restaurants that kind of the, the cool hip places around town are getting, right? So I wanted to hire um, really good photographers to take great photos, and I wanted to hire a really great artist to do the branding for the piece. And so I'm working with a local artist. His name's Frank Norton. He's at all the branding for the podcast, and he illustrated this this guide and so the idea this was actually his idea was to create this printed piece to help promote the podcast so again it's kind of like a guide that you can take with you to each of the restaurants it tells you a little bit about each one and then it has our tips on what you should order the first time you're there okay yeah a little recommendation some little recommendations and some of them i would say are like these are kind of good entry level dishes to try but then some of them so for example on waldo thai One of the dishes is called Pam Special. It's basically ground pork with 25 Thai chilies in one Mm. serving. (laughs) You're speaking his language. That's so good. (laughs) So there's a cool story behind this dish. I know I'm kind of digressing, but this dish was created because the staff at Waldo Thai, they like to go out and drink after work. They go out in Westport and they would get a little buzzed and then they would Uber back to Waldo Thai and Pam, the owner and chef, 
would go in the kitchen and make them a dish to sober them up. So this is why it's called Pam Special. So it's so good, but it's so spicy that you end up drinking probably a gallon of water and you eat like six cups of white rice. So by the time you're done eating it, you're supposed to be sober. Mm. Um, It is genius. And the staff loved it so much that they ended up putting it on the menu. But they serve it with a couple of PBRs because it's, it's, nearly inedible it is so spicy <laughs> up top up top we're going to get we're going to get that one he's the man of hot mm-hmm. although in your in your as you age i've noticed your your thresholds going down a notch. turned it down a little bit but little yeah bit. i still yeah. love it yeah this is the guy with you at some point you need to tell her story the toothpick in the at oh, okay. uh, patio quigley's yeah, that's and the, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother talking about uh delivering in the bathroom mm. yeah mm. Oh, very cool. No, this is this is awesome. I love the uh, inclusion too of like a a gateway entree. Yeah, it's like a little good gateway gateway entree into to, to other fare. I I was just so enamored when I saw this on on social. I thought the, this was cool. So yeah, we printed two thousand of them and we're taking them to coffee shops and hangouts all over Kansas City and dropping nice. them off. So yeah, I saw um, bar um one of our haunts Bull- uh, Boulevard. Uh, you said coffee shops, and then Boulevard was like, "Hey, yeah, <laughs> uh, we would like some. Please deliver some to us." So yeah, so, that was cool. Uh, funny enough, both of my photographers and Frank, who illustrated this, their full time jobs are working for Boulevard. Oh, so okay. really? Boulevard has kind of unofficially been a really big supporter of this uh, podcast, and they do have them on hand at the tours and rec hall there. That's so good. you can definitely find them there. Probably not long. Based yeah. on their throughput, probably not probably not long. That's yeah. a sweet hookup, though. Yeah, a very sweet hookup. Very, very, very cool. So, well, talking about printed pieces, uh, I know Chad and I are both uh, a big fan of Jenny Vergara's work mm-hmm. at Feast Magazine, and uh, she gave you a shout-out today. She did. Which was or today or yesterday. Was today, anyway, yeah. it was this week. It's been a blur for you and mm-hmm. it was for me as well. And, and you've listed her as a contributor. How, how she contributed. So she didn't technically contribute, but she's been a huge supporter. So a, f- okay. a mutual friend connected us early on. I met with her when I was just kind of thinking about this as an idea. And I just love her. I adore her. And so I remember when I went to go meet her for coffee, I was like, man, I hope she doesn't think I'm such a dork, like <laughs> an idiot. It's like and this I'm crazy like, person. Yeah, What's she trying to do? You know, and I'm like, I think I want to start this podcast. And I'm thinking she's probably thinking like, yeah, you and everybody else, like I'll believe it when I see it. But she spent probably two hours with me the first time we met. And she was just such a supporter and a cheerleader for me. She connected me with so many people and she just kind of pushed me off the cliff to do it, to be honest. And then a couple of times throughout the process, I would check in with her and ask her for her opinion on a few things. Um, and she some would more, always- Some more counsel. Than yeah. Can, yeah. But okay. she, her response was always, this is your thing. You do your thing, which I thought was so empowering and cool. And then we met for for lunch last week and we talked about you know where we are now and she did the, the piece for us today. So that's been really awesome that she's been such a supporter of what we're doing. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, and I remember we were talking about print does certain things well, but the podcast does some other things maybe better than better than print. What what's been your impression? You know, you, we were talking about that a little bit around maybe some things she couldn't do with the magazine that you're able to do with the podcast that you're able to do with the podcast. What are, what are some of those things? Yeah, I mean, with the podcast, you can just get into so much more of people's story. 
And I think the other thing that you can do in podcasting that's really hard to do in print is to convey the emotion behind the story. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the interviews that we did were very emotional. I am so embarrassed because I cry in almost every episode. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it together, but these stories you, just... You with restaurants, <laughs> me with Pixar movies. I can't watch a damn Pixar movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a crier. Yeah. But I mean, when you hear, so I'll tell you this, my husband is not a crier. And when I played an interview for him, he just got really quiet afterwards. And I thought he hated it. He was verklempt. And he was just, he was verklempt. He was trying so hard not to get choked up. And I just think when you hear the emotion in people's voice, it just tells such a different story. And I also feel like, you know, all of the chefs that we've included in this season at least, are all first-generation American immigrants. And because yeah. immigration is such a controversial topic yeah. right now, I don't have the answers. I'm not trying to push people politically one way or another, but I do think it's important just to hear people and understand where they're coming from. And it's hard to do that in a, rent, in a oh, written yeah. piece or on social media, yeah. but you can do that much more effectively when you hear their voice. Yeah. Well, that's what, I mean, I just find this so interesting because not only are you looking at a segment of restaurants that have been maybe not represented enough but to your point i mean the people are really the story not necessarily the restaurant itself so uh, i think the stories are fascinating and I, i'm really excited to to listen to them all because there are some really cool stories i mean these people are happy to be here i mean they're excited to be here and they just want people to give them a chance and you're helping to facilitate that yeah and you just think about any creative pursuit that's what i love about it is i think you know you can look at it look at food as almost as art, you know, it's an art mm -hmm. form, it's a craft. And totally I, as somebody that appreciates the arts and spend a lot of, spends a lot of time contributing to the arts in one way or another, it's a window into the world and to people's souls and their livelihoods. And I think that's, what's cool yeah. about what you're doing. You're, you're performing the same act, but it's just, it's, it's, you know, vis-a-vis -vis food as opposed to maybe traditional art, you know, traditional, what's considered traditional art forms. I think that's, that's really cool. Well, one of the things you talked about is you've assembled a, a bit of a team to get to mm -hmm. get this done. It's not just Danielle. You talked about some of the uh, photographers and who are some of your other bandmates. You mentioned mm -hmm. mentioned your um, illustrator here. So who are some of your other bandmates? Yeah. So Frank Norton is the illustrator that worked with us. Our photographers are Alyssa Bratis and Chris Dolt. We record uh, on the in the West Bottoms at a space called Barrel of the Bottoms. They just kind of taught me how to use the equipment. So I don't really have an engineer there. Yeah, okay. Just kind of running the soundboard and trying to make it happen. But then I send all of our audio content off to a team called Resonate Recordings. They're based in Louisville and they've been really great to be a post-production partner and make it all sound really professional and polished. And then one other person on our team that's regularly contributed is Christine Hoffmeister. And she comes along sort of sort of as a production assistant on photo shoots, but she really okay. just kind of begged me to, to be a part of this. She was like, I'll do whatever I can. Yeah, she really is. So she just kind of is like a hand model sometimes. She takes a lot of boomerangs for our social media. She's <laughs> yeah. our cheerleader. And I just appreciate her support and willingness to be a part of it. Yeah, no, any any good endeavor requires a runner that's yeah. multi multi-talented. So it was Christine. Christine, yeah. All right, you go, Christine. <laughs> All right. You're the real, we know you're the real soul behind this. So I think that's cool. That's really, really cool. So you, in your intro, you talked about how fucking hard podcasting, you didn't use the F word. I'm using yeah, that. It's okay. and, and that comes from somebody that's done this for, excuse my French, for a long time. 
what did you find to be the biggest challenge? So surprisingly, I felt like the audio, so I was really intimidated by the audio equipment and the editing process and figuring out how to produce it. But once I got connected with Resonate Recordings in the studio that hooked me up, that that was a little bit of a learning curve, but then that all kind of worked out. The part that was really hard for me was that I realized how terrible of an interviewer I am. <laughs> and I always feel like, okay, you guys, you know, the Chris Farley show from SNL. Where oh, yeah. Like, the time. Oh, yeah. That's like me. And I, all the time we end up editing these, these episodes down. I'm like, just take out everything I said, because I just sound like the biggest idiot. Um, and so I hate hearing myself on audio and really I, you have a great voice thank you yeah I, no really i think you have a really nice voice so maybe better the voice is yeah okay. a lot better than mine it's more of the content yeah because sometimes i'll ask questions and just the response is sort of this blank stare and part of the struggle struggle too is that a lot of the people that i interviewed you know english is their second language yeah. so there's a yeah. kind of a breakdown in yeah. communication you can't have as much back and forth kind of banter and then actually in one interview we recorded it completely in spanish which I do not speak Spanish. So we had a translator present. Oh, that is freaking all. Which episode is that? So that's Antojitos del Peru. Okay. And Norma understands English, but she felt more she felt more comfortable speaking in Spanish. So we had a translator there. So that was really challenging. Then I had to have someone transcribe, translate, and then record her voice in English to produce the episode. Okay, so, you, I wow. love it. Go big or go home. Nice. Right? I was like, how do they do it on 60 Minutes? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's really hard. And I just feel like I'm such a critical person of myself and everybody else. I mean, I'm like the silent judger at home watching terrible reality TV and just making fun of people, you know. But when you put yourself out there and you're doing something new, it's so hard. But I just had to keep telling myself that the people that I was helping, it's their story and it's not about me. So I just kind of want to get out of the way and let them have a moment to share their yeah. story. You know? Yeah. And that's what a lot of times other than we're knuckleheads. I mean, when I was doing some other podcasts, some, sometimes that's just the best approach. It's like the spotlight's really supposed to be on you. I'll ask the question, then get the heck out of the way. Yeah. Like if all else fails, the whole point's them. So what can you do to make them as good as they can possibly be? And we're a little different. We, or maybe I'm a little different. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's just you're, silence. you're quite different. I am quite. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll stop at that. So putting back about putting the spotlight <laughs> on the on the restaurants, what restaurant story really in as you've, you know, done this first season, you know, you were talking about coming home and tearing up. Yeah. What what restaurants story really surprised you just or, you know, owner or chef? What, what story really what just it just grabbed you as you were doing this? I mean, it's so hard to pick just one because I really fell in love with all the people that I got to know. But I would say the family that I've become the closest with through this process, and I actually asked them if they would adopt me as the fourth child. <laughs> I just, I love them so much. And I feel like the two girls, Amna and Aisha, they're about my age. I just feel like we're like sisters from a different life. And their brother That's Ahmad cool. is awesome. So they are from Sohela's Kitchen. So their mother, she's from Pakistan, and the kids were born in the Bay Area, but they moved to Kansas City not too long ago, in the last 10 years or so, I believe. And her dream was to always open a Pakistani restaurant, but she had some health issues along the way, and her husband had some health issues as well, and it just didn't really seem to be in the cards for her to open this restaurant. 
but she just kind of kept the faith and she had an opportunity to open a food stand in the Lenexa public market. So she's been there for about six months now. It's called Sohela's Kitchen. And um, the interesting thing is, and I don't want to give away the whole episode, but her, I think she lost her mother, her sister, and her father. They all passed away when they were at the age of 62. And then she had some health scares herself. So I think she wasn't even sure, you know, how much time she had. I mean, not to be dramatic, but I, I think that was going through her head. And then she finally got this chance to open up her restaurant at the age of 62. And so it's just kind of been this incredible journey for her where she sacrificed so much for her family. And then she finally has a chance to bring her food to Kansas City at that age. And I think, you know, a lot of people, so they're in the Lenexa public market and they could have probably been in an area like maybe the crossroads where they're getting more people who would be open to trying Pakistani food. So there's been a little bit of a struggle to get people to try their food, but once they do, they just fall in love with them. Right. Mm. But they, the reason they wanted to be in the Lenexa public market is because they wanted to expose people to their culture who had no other interaction with it at any point in time. And to show people that, you know, they are Muslim, but that their family is just like any other family. Mm -hmm. And they're just amazing, wonderful people. And I just love them so much. So it's mm. been cool to get to know them. And their food is awesome. It's okay. really good. All right. That's a great, that's a great story. I think place to, place to try. I've not. So that's been on Becca and Mai's list is to go to the Lenexa Park. We've not been like, and I have friends browbeat me going, you need to go there. So now we have a re like an absolute reason to go. Mm -hmm. Have you been? I have not. You've not been either. No. So, and we, we get out, but we may be playing a lot of herdball. <laughs> we, we've been going to parlor. So we'll, we'll, I'm going to work them. I'm going to mm -hmm. work the map. We're going to work. Although I've been to Pirate's Bone. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a spot in the parlor on the map. On the map? Mm -hmm. Is there? Sarah okay. Eats, yes. Okay. It's a Korean restaurant in Korean. the parlor. And I was kind of against including anyone from the parlor, like we talked about, yeah. because everybody was giving so much buzz to the parlor. But then I heard a little bit more about Kyung, who owns Sarah Eats, a little bit more about his story and some of the things he's doing in the community. And nobody had really told that story yet. So I didn't want to say just because you've got you right. know, a thousand Instagram followers, he has more than that. But, you know... <laughs> You're too cool. You can't be on the podcast because I think, again, it's everybody has a story to tell and it's really hard to tell the full story in just a written piece or Instagram. Yeah. He just got, he had good placement from a real estate standpoint. Just yeah. all right. No problem with that. So, yeah. No problem with that. So uh, Beck and I, who you met Becca mm -hmm. before, so we had an extended pre-production meeting or at least you guys did. Yes. So uh, you did not see this. We have some good family friends of ours. They eat at Waldo Thai mm -hmm. all the time. True or false? And I thought I, I thought I picked up on some discussion at Thai food upstairs. According to these friends of ours, Waldo Thai is the only Thai food in Kansas City. The only <laughs> like, let me express because I just actually had coffee, ser uh, you know, a little serendipity yesterday with one of the members of this family, and she repeated to me. Waldo Thai is the only Thai food in Kansas City. True, true or false? I would say that's false. <laughs> <laughs> See, Jeremy, there you go. It's false. Oh, I outed Jeremy. I'll get it next time. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> Listen, Waldo Thai. So the owner, the chef of Waldo Thai, her name's Pam. She's from northern Thailand. So the food at Waldo Thai is, it's like, if, it's like if you were in Thailand and you went to an American restaurant and they were serving... New York style pizza. And you're like, this is not American food. American food is 
steak and potatoes. It's like, it's all American food. There's different regions of America. It's the same in Thailand, right? So most of the Thai food that we get in the States is from the central region, like the Bangkok area, of Thailand. And that's where a lot of most American Thai restaurants are serving like pad Thai, green chicken curry, red chicken curry, you know. At Waldo Thai, they're serving Northern Thai food and she's just kind of sticking to her roots and cooking yeah. the dishes that she grew up eating. Mm -hmm. So it's so just it's different. more of a regional difference. It's, it's more regional. of a regional yeah. difference. Yeah. They they just moved here a couple of years ago from New York. So mm -hmm. they maybe prefer that regional difference. All right. I do too. I All mean right. it's it's the best. That's cool. Well, and they had been I wasn't denigrating them because they've been they've been asking, they've been telling us we had to go. So now that it's double confirmed, we'll we'll be going. Well it's and got the Thai place on her I mean, the Thai place is pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, I knew it was on the menu. That's why I asked her the question, though. It was uh, true or false? Was it is it the only Thai place in Kansas City? And I know, uh, I, I I know it's not the best Thai place, but for some reason, I have a soft spot for Lulu's, the one down the crossroads. Like, it's it's tasty. All right. Maybe not the best, but it's tasty. And it may, according to Jeremy, it's not a Thai food. It's not. <laughs> it's just not. Sorry, Chad. It's just not. Well, you but you put it in your mouth. That's fine. Do you guys like bourbon and whiskey though? Uh, then third most consumed beverage in this house. <laughs> you need to get to Waldo Thai then, because the cool thing about Waldo Thai is their bar program. The bartender's name is Daryl. He's actually part of the podcast as well, and he has the most innovative cocktails. There's a lot of bourbon and whiskey cocktails on the menu too. I thought I saw some of those yeah. on your on the site. You mm -hmm. put some on the site. He uses a lot of interesting ingredients too, like lemongrass and fish sauce in the actual cocktails. In the cocktails? But okay. you wouldn't know. That sounds lovely. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> fish sauce cocktail. It's good. <laughs> yeah. As we're talking about Waldo Thai, so Waldo Thai was where Pam's, that was where Pam's right? specialist. Pam's special. Yeah, Pam's special. Yeah. So what are a few of the other most interesting dishes from some of the, some of the, and we've got some of them mm -hmm. here on the menu, but. Um, maybe some to tick off. I, I think, and maybe I just invented an app we can work on together, but I thought it'd be awesome. Does Yelp even do that? Like where you can do a Spotify. I th thought it'd be cool if you could do it like a Spotify of just all your, Dishes. to me, that's like a mm -hmm. paper, that's a paper version of Spotify and like just awesome dishes around a city or a community. Yeah. That'd be really cool if you could do that. Maybe Yelp we doesn't should... get into that. I mean, individual reviews will call yeah. out dishes, but. As a whole, they don't say, hey, if you're going to go here this week, you should have Yeah, Open Belly 3.0 right <laughs> there. It's like awesome, awesome ethnic dishes across the city. I'm into it. All right. Sounds good. So what <clears throat> what are some of the some of the dishes that just grabbed you? So my favorite dish in Kansas City right now is at Casey Pinoy in the West Bottoms. It's a Filipino restaurant, and it's called Sisig. Okay. And Sisig, so the story behind Sisig is there were some American soldiers in the Philippines that were roasting a pig, I believe, and they discarded the head. And there was a Filipino woman that was like, what are you doing? I can make something amazing out of this yeah. pig head. So she kind of chopped up the pig's head and sauteed it with a lot of Filipino food is cooked in a vinegary sauce. So it's really tangy. Mm. And then there's a fried egg on top and it's served with a San Miguel mm. beer. But at Casey Pinoy, they do use pig ear, I believe, or maybe pig cheek, but it's not the full head. It's mostly like pork belly. So it's just a kind of a chopped up pork dish and it comes on like a fajita, sizzling fajita plate. Mm. It's really vinegary and tangy with the fried egg on top. You mix it up and the egg just kind of cooks in it 
and you get a side of garlic rice with it and a San Miguel beer. And I'm not a beer drinker, as you know, but yes. like in that situation, you have to have the San Miguel with it. What do you say? Uh, are they open right now? <laughs> I was waiting for win in Rome, but it's like, yeah, damn Gina is what I'm saying. Yeah. Wow. That sounds awesome. That does sound awesome. I'm thinking, I'm already, I'm making eyes at Danielle, and it's not for her, but it's just thinking the milk braised pork shoulder. I'm just thinking, oh. Well, what's I mean, fascinating, too, you and I were talking about this upstairs, is like, I mean, you're, these aren't isolated to one area of the city. I mean, they're literally all over. Yeah. And, um, I mean, like, Desta's is literally <clears throat> a quarter of a mile from here, and it's in, like, a little strip center. You, And most people probably just drive by it. I'm guilty. Like, yeah, you just miss out, like. It sounds like they have some incredible Ethiopian coffee. I mean, sounds awesome to me. We're in Friday. I'm you down, down Friday? Free. Let's down go. Free. Let's go get some coffee. I'm gonna work that. We'll be there Friday. He'll now be there Friday. If you want to join cool. us, cool. <laughs> so, anything else that we missed about the podcast? So, where can people find you? Yeah, so they can subscribe at openbellypodcast.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all the kind of main ones. Yeah. And you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter at, at OpenBelly. Yeah. Just going to the website, folks, I will tell you, it's just beautiful to look at, too. Yeah. I mean, she's been describing nuts. it in such a way I'm salivating, but <laughs> the Instagram account is saliva-worthy. I mean, it's drool-worthy, for sure. So... All right, we roped you in and you contributed to our Triple D discussion. We've been talking about all the positive things associated with restaurants, but restaurants are fodder for not so positive things too. <laughs> so for this week's Triple D, I've got my... That is very restaurant sounding. I Breaking need one glass. of those. Yeah. What's that? You need one of I these? I need one of those, yeah. Yeah, the kids bought it for me. They That's thought, sold. cool, little cheap special effects. $9 at Target. Sold. Sold. So this week's Triple D, we're going to discuss restaurant topic. We're going to throw out a scenario and discuss whether it's a dick douche or dumbass move. This week's Triple D move, what do you call someone who asked to split up the bill based on how much you ate out of a shared dish or shared dishes? So you, is the idea here, it's like going family style and there's yeah. eight couples or even just eight of you. And it's like, I had a spoonful. I'm paying. Yeah. I'm paying one twentieth of that. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. I okay. I know people that do this. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, I, I only ate a little bit of that and I didn't eat that dish that was really expensive. and I didn't even <laughs> want to order that because it was yeah, expensive. I didn't want that. Mm. I was happy with a bowl of white rice, but you had to order something, you know. I just had a water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what What's your take on this? I don't know if I want to go first. You don't want to go first? No. I have strong feelings about this. You have really strong feelings about I this? I have strong feelings about most things in life, but... Yeah. Well, and Danielle is not asked the criteria, dick, douche, or dumbass, but <clears throat> I, I can go first maybe and then help guide you there. So typically, so just so you know and aware... We're going a little meta here, although we, we're we prone to go meta. It's Becca's invention, this whole thing. Mm -hmm. She wanted to write a blog post about the criteria of whether you're a dick or a douche. Yeah, because there's a fine line. There is Very a fine, fine line, line. And to some extent, you're a dick if, if you're rude, but you're self-aware of the 
the fact that you're rude. Yeah, you just don't care. You just don't care. Yeah. And you're self-aware of your behavior and you're there's a means to an end. A douchery has something where you lack self-awareness, but there's a general belief that you're better than everyone else. Uh, our quintessential definition of douchery is the celebrity that says, don't you know who I am? Mm-hmm. When they get in trouble with the law. Yeah. That is douchery at its finest. And then dumbassery is you're, you're fucking clueless and, you know, I mean, say no more. Yeah. You're, you, and look, there, we, we, a couple episodes ago, you'd said you'd listened to a couple episodes. There was one episode where we actually built the trifecta mm-hmm. of all three. Yeah. Where, and I think it was the charity one where it's, you steal money from people. The GoFundMe. Yeah, the GoFundMe. Yeah. Then you move to the Caribbean, you blow all your money. Right. And then, you know, so you end up being all three at some point mm-hmm. in that whole progression. So that's the definition. I'm I'm struggling with this one. I gotta think about this. You roll Do you up. do this? No, I do I do I don't do this. He and I are the quintessential. It's like, hey dude, you spent three dollars more on this beer than I did, just fuck it. Yeah. Down the middle. Just have who cares? Just, that's why we always get along when we go out. Yeah. We don't ever have to dick around. Or we with this travel thing. or whatever. They just put it's the like, bill down and we're like half. Half. Just half. Like I I don't understand. I don't really give a shit if you had one more beer than I did or... And and to get so puckered up, I gotta go to... You have to be really puckered up. To, and it just makes everybody uncomfortable at the table because you're like, I, yeah, I had a I'm few bites go, of that, but like now all of a sudden I'm trying to figure out how much I ate of well, one you, dish. Well, you have to bring a food scale with you. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go dick because there's a level of something, to your point, right there. Right there. Not to point at you. That's rude. That was dickish of me. And we're self-aware. We call each other that occasionally. We can be dickish. We're probably dicks. And just by this whole act right here that we do this each week, we're probably just dicks. The fact that they have to bring a scale is just a dickish move. Like, you are, you've got to be self-aware. It's a dick move. I'm going to call it a dick move. How about you? Well, I was going to say a dick move, but I think the people that I've seen do this are not self-aware. Like, they they think this is, like, totally normal. Like, why would I pay more when I only had a third of that and you ate the other two-thirds, you know? It's like... And then if you take the leftovers home, do you have to pay more or do you have to split that up even, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, you took the leftovers, so I'm going to... I'm going to take a credit for that. Oh, wow. That's a whole other... That's just a whole other... other leftover. Angle. Leftover. Yeah. <laughs> and do, I think the leftovers should have less value than what you consume on site. Mm-hmm. Yes. It degrades. <laughs> yeah. It degrades. It's like a, it's like a car. You yeah. Yeah, drive yeah. it off the Once lot. Once you leave the lot, <laughs> it's depreciating in value. It's, yeah. And then if you forget the to-go container oh, at the wow. table, then you have to like Venmo back. And so, I mean. Oh, God. You, now you've added Venmo <laughs> into this? I the container on purpose. Uh, what, are the, what do the emojis look like on that Venmo? Uh, <laughs> eggplant. Eggplant. Yeah. yeah. It's. It's dickish to me, just in the sense that you're gonna we're gonna get into an argument here over two dollars and twenty eight cents. Like, just life's not that important. Move on. If you yeah. don't want to go out to dinner, then don't go out to dinner. Yeah, eat at home. Fucking order in. Have it's, a, it's a risk you have to take when you go out to dinner with friends. Sometimes you might have to pay more than your fair share. Oh, 
We need to do a whole triple D just on choosing your own friends. It just helps me relax, too. Like, I just don't want to get into that. I've been in those conversations, and it's like, uh, okay, well, then now we're figuring out sales tax because not only did I have more, but then that means I pay more sales tax. Like, I'm, I'm done. Like, just. And then there's the whole tipping in unison thing. Oh, God. You know? You don't want to well, and you look over and you're like, yeah. he's leaving like $3. Now I have to leave $8 because <laughs> he's going light. Because he's tipping, he's oh, yeah. penalizing the waiter because he's having to pay $2 more. You always tip heavy, though. So I know that going into it. Right so I always tip a little light. Not a lot, but a little less than. Oh, you don't try to match him? No. I do just a shade under him. I know what he's going to tip. So I just do a shade under him. So. People work hard. It yeah. doesn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah. So what say what say you? We both are dick dick. I'm but you say, were, you wanted to come in dick, but you were Well, your your definitions had me second guess it. So I'm gonna say dick move because I think there are some people that realize like they should just split it and not be a jerk about it. But I do think there are some people that are just completely clueless. So I guess that'd fall in the douche category that they just think it should be based on your weight. Like there's a salad bar scale at the end of the dinner. <laughs> That's an app we should build. That's a, yeah, that's an app. What the triple D or the salad bar scale? The, sa- the scale that you bring to dinner so that oh, you can. Geez. And it's integrated with Venmo, so you can just get your fair payment. Your fair payment oh, of yeah. the the dinner you've consumed at Buca de Beppo. We're gonna revolutionize the dining experience. <laughs> you can enter drinks based on if it's a well or a premium, oh, or you no. know, like I did have a gin and tonic, but I had the cheap. Jen, and you ended up getting Tanqueray, so, you know. Mm. You can just run your bill through it. Mm-hmm. Put the names next to Oh, geez. All right. All right, so we're saying dick, dick, dick with, you can, depending douche on. Douche undertones. Douche undertones, which we've had, we've had them before where it was a, where it was a douche Trojan horse with a dick inside, I think. So yeah, something something the it's, equivalent. It, it's a fine it's, line. Yeah, it's been it's been seen. So all right, all right, folks, we're going triple dicks this week with a, a side of douche. Go out and visit the Open Belly podcast. We're we're I think we're finished for tonight. <laughs> Go out and visit the Open Belly co- podcast. We want to thank Danielle for joining us this thank week. You guys. Yeah, thank you for joining us. It, uh, it was awesome. We'll look to hang out for coffee. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit us on the He Says, She Says, Casey Facebook page and like, follow us if you haven't already. Remember, you can catch us live on Facebook almost every Wednesday at 7-ish, depending on what the technical difficulties are, Central Time. You can also check us out on the He Says, She Says, Casey blog. You can also subscribe to us or rate us. Leave us a comment. Leave Danielle a comment. But be nice <laughs> on your favorite podcast platforms such as iTunes, Spotify. Now Spotify. We're on Spotify finally. It took us forever. You newbies. Yeah. Get right on <laughs> Spotify. Jeez. You can, you can like us, favorite us on your favorite podcast platform such as iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Take care, everybody.